welcome to the Wild Books podcast. I'm Thalia Caddy, book lover, cat mom and candle maker. After years working in the glittering West End in the theatre industry, I swapped plays for books and started Wild Books, a small business with a big heart, with a vision to enrich your life through the world of books. This is not a book review podcast. This is the start of a conversation around ideas explored in books, which will open your hearts and minds. Taking inspiration from fictional stories and a wide library of non-fiction books, we go deep into subjects that matter and that will positively impact your life. By looking through the eyes of other people with different life experiences, I challenge you to listen with openness to what you hear today. So take a deep breath, get curious, and allow yourself to be surprised. Welcome to the Wild Books podcast. We are very lucky today to have Eleanor at Wild Strings come and join us to talk a little bit about fashion, which is something that I'm really excited to dive into. Um, So welcome, Eleanor. I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are, what you do. Hello, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Eleanor and I probably define myself most as a seamstress but I run a slow fashion brand called Wild Strings um, which focuses really on creating feel-good clothing um, for women which also does some good for the planet so all of our pieces are made to order and are made using upcycled or repurposed materials. Amazing. And I am a proud Wild Strings owner. Many dresses um, in my cupboard and a Hawthorne jacket, which is literally my favourite thing. Um, So I am very grateful to you and the beautiful work that you do. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I think you're so right about that feel good thing. Like it's all about clothes that make you feel good. Yeah, I think it's really special. And I think that there's an onus for fashion to look really good and there's an onus for sustainable fashion to be sustainable but often the person who's wearing it is sort of forgotten in that process and like I really want to bring that back and reconnect with the people that wear the end product because at the end of the day they're they're the most important thing and and making them feel good is is what's important to me and why I run the brand and and sustainability is is almost a bonus to me if that makes sense yeah absolutely so today we're going to be talking about the book fashionopolis by dana thomas um i asked you what book you wanted to talk about and you gave a couple of options and this is the one that we went with and i listened to an audiobook um on the way home from meeting you for the first time, which Yay! was so lovely. <laughs> and oh my goodness, did it make my blood boil. Um, <laughs> this is such an eye-opening book. Uh, can you just tell the listeners a little bit about it? Yeah, so first of all, it was not my intention to make you very angry. I just think it's a great book for um, an overview of fast fashion and its costs and some of the solutions that are out there um and some of the processes that in in this, the industry and um certain brands are using to combat it um i think it gives it, it's a it, i suggested it because it's a really good starting point especially when you don't have a lot of awareness I think it's a really it gives a really good overview of some of the problems within fast fashion but then I think she's quite good at like making a point that there are some solutions out there and it's not just it's not all just anger and blood boiling which there are parts of it but I think that it's a really good um overview of some solutions that are out there as well um the tagline on the front cover of the book I don't know I know you listened to it so I don't know if you saw but um it's um fashionopolis and then it's the price of fast fashion and the future of clothes and I think that that's a really good sum up of what how she explores the themes in the book yeah I totally agree and I think that you you know the way you've said that it, it is 
it's quite wide reaching and it deals with both problems and solutions and definitely gives you hope by the end that like there absolutely are people working really hard on this out out in the world um yeah yeah it's not all doom and gloom (laughs) totally totally and it is empowering as well it like opens your eyes to know the things that you can do as an individual yeah yeah I definitely agree with that so I'd love to know if you remember the first time you read this book where you were in your life and what you remember about the experience of reading it yeah so thinking back I think it was the end of 2019 so it was just after I'd started the business and I had seen her on part of a panel at a sustainable fashion um expo that I went to in London um and the way she spoke about that it wasn't a book promo or anything like that but she how she spoke made me interested in reading the book Um, And also because I just started running this sustainable fashion business, I thought it was really important to learn as much as I could and continue to learn as much as I could about what was actually happening in the fashion industry. So I could speak from a a place of, of genius and knowledge and understanding, but also what I could do as a small business and how I could grow as a small business to be as sustainable and ethical as as possible um on the whole I remember feeling really angry and frustrated the first time that I read it um because a lot of the things that she speaks about especially at the start of the book are quite historical and I found it really frustrating that I was reading it in 2019 and some of those things were still happening and a lot of the problems that she spoke about um like offshoring and things like that are happening more and more and not less and less and so I I remember feeling quite frustrated about the about the whole thing really the first time I I felt exactly the same it was like you're telling me this as though it's history and yet you're also confirming that it's still happening yeah yeah and it's really difficult yeah and I think as well it's it's kind of eye-opening because I think a lot of it in general in general people's knowledge is history but the impacts of it are still happening today and the way that the industry is run is created on the back of that and and continues to run on the back of that and it it was quite interesting and eye-opening to read her sort of historical pieces and how they were still affecting brands and fast fashion and the industry today. Yeah, I totally agree. And we are going to dive more into some of those different things that, that are explored in the book. Um, but I just, before we go in, I just loved this book in at this moment in the book where Dana says that we, what sets us apart from other animals is the fact that we tell stories which you and I love because we love books and we love like we love storytelling and that we dress ourselves up and I just I just love that I just thought yeah that's so true that that really is a a major distinction between us and other animals um so to you what is fashion why do we do it why do we care what we look like it's just such an interesting concept not something that I've really thought about before so what is that to you Yeah, I've just sat here nodding along the whole time that you've been reading the question. Um, I, it's a really, really, really good question. And I think that there are lots of different levels to it. And I also think that it's something that gets lost a lot in fashion and in clothing in general. We take it for granted a little bit that we just get up and get dressed every day. And actually, it is one of the things that makes us, us different and unique and special. Um, I think the mainstream idea of fashion at the minute is what's on trend, what the popular or latest styles are. Um, But I think that everybody's definition of fashion is is really unique to them. Um, I think it's I think it's a self-expression, really. It's an extension of how we're feeling, how we want to portray ourselves to the world. Um, what we're thinking what we want to achieve or what we want to bring in um, at any one time and I think 
it's a massive sense of belonging I think fashion can be and trends can be a sense that we belong to something and we belong to a following or we belong to a group of people for example I'm thinking like punks and mods and things like that that fashion was a massive part of them belonging to that community um I think I think that's what fashion is for me it's it's an expression of of who you are and and what you belong to and and what you stand for yeah I love that it's like that those shared values and that connectedness is it's a signal to other people that we we share values we you know there's something that connects us I went into I went to Cambridge yesterday for I just needed to like have a day like out and about and I have not done this in so long but I went to every single charity shop I tried on loads of things I found a few bits but it's also just fun and creative and it is that sense of create yeah creativity and I feel like I'm quite connected to my creativity because of running my business and it's just something that I really value but even just being able to put an outfit together and mix things up and try different things is is very freeing and creative and that's part of humanity as well you know the ability to be creative Um, yeah absolutely and I think as well it's you know, I've encountered a lot of people in my life and I'm sure you have too as a as an outwardly very creative person of oh I could never do that I'm not creative but actually we are all creative because we get dressed every day and sometimes that's for comfort sometimes it's for show but you know you're always creating outfits and you're always creating a style for yourself and I think that everyone does that to a certain extent even if you don't feel like you are in quotation marks a creative yeah I totally agree um so now we have touched on this a little bit some of the kind of the human rights issues that come up within the world of fashion if you want to learn more then I would highly recommend you go and read Fashionopolis because it goes into a lot of this in detail um but it was it was listening to the human rights violations and travesties across the globe throughout very recent history that like really shook me to my core and i just think oh why did i not pay attention when this happened or why why has this not had more of an impact on me until now and you know did i just did did i hear this on the news did i not like why why is this not more of a thing in my memory? Um, so I'd love to know what you think. So there was um, a tragedy, the factory collapse in 2013 in Bangladesh. Why do these things go largely unnoticed? Why why does it not prompt that real change to do everything we can to look after our fellow humans? It's such a tough question to answer. Um, and I think one of the biggest tragedies for me when I read it is that I really do think that another Rana Platz is just around the corner. Like it doesn't feel like anything has significantly improved since since that happened in 2013. And I think I think that that's a really scary thought. Um, one of the reasons I think is that news itself is is so quick and I think that it's not massively important to a lot of people so it's on the news for a week maybe and it's a really big disaster and then somehow it gets diluted and it gets put into you know three stories in or four stories in and then slowly it just fades out of your consciousness and I think when you're not in fashion every day it's it's almost another piece of news and not a bigger problem I think because at the end of the day Rana Platz collapsing was the result of exploitation and neglect and that never made the news it was only when it collapsed that it 
it became a headline and I think that that's part of the problem is that is that that headline doesn't doesn't show the sort of cycle that led up to that and I think as well a massive thing is is lack of lack of responsibility and lack of accountability um some of the brands that were in Rana Platz even though labels were found in in the rubble and things still deny to this day that their clothes were being made there and when you have that kind of kind of unaccountability from big brands like that unfortunately you're I don't think you're ever gonna get them the brands to change and I don't think that governments are going to change because unfortunately those brands put a lot of money into the economy in these in these countries and it's the people at the bottom that are neglected and exploited and and then they're not going to be able to go up against big brands and they're not going to be able to fight fight as much as 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 much as we feel like we could because I think we're in a very privileged position that we're in quite an open and and free society and you and me both are very like outspoken and and free-spirited people who have opinions and aren't afraid to share them but like Dana said in the book some of those people could be fired if they complained about working conditions or they could be fired for joining the union and things like that mean that mean that brands can get away with it really yeah it's such a complicated issue isn't it and it's you know the 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 solution if there is one would have to be so complicated because you know as you as you're saying people could lose their jobs if you remove uh warehouses from towns then that's everyone's job gone and then there's no money in the economy and it it really is complicated but I do think that knowing at least about some of these things is really powerful to bring about what change you can personally even if that's not like a whole shift in in the fashion industry just you know you taking personal responsibility is a step towards changing things yeah I really believe that I really think that as as small people and as consumers we still have a massive amount to do and can do to to help move change along and I I think that there are some solutions that aren't massively complicated but it means these brands need to take up to stand up and take account for their people um and and look after them a little bit better and I don't think that they're at all interested in doing that unfortunately and they don't see a lot of these suppliers who are third party or um subcontractors as their employees um and therefore they're not their responsibility which which isn't the case it shouldn't be the case anyway yeah absolutely so one more positive direction we can take from this this book is this idea of the circular economy um so this is one way that we can positively impact the fashion industry is to use things again buy second hand um reuse elements of materials previously owned items to create new items Um, and this is something we both do so you use secondhand fabrics and in wild books I saw secondhand books to encourage this idea of circularity Um, so can you just explain a little bit about how we can bring this idea of the circular economy into the way that we wear clothes yeah um I also think that your jar um recollection is a really good example of circular economy as well because as a brand you're encouraging that circularity um yeah so so the circular economy in general as a concept is about continuously extending the life of a product through a cycle so by repairing it or reusing it or recreating it so that it never ends up in the bin 
and I think with clothes it's all about it's all about imagining the life of the clothing from the first inception um I think as designers we should be thinking at the end of the at the end of like its life as we're designing it for example if you're working in a fashion brand and you know that it's going to get sold to a certain customer that you're designing for it's like right so then what happens to this then is it good enough quality to go into a charity shop is it good enough quality to be resold what would it look like to take apart um what would it look like to repurpose different bits of it and how can we encourage that either in our marketing or our design or our production um for example so i think it's i think it's really from from the start of of the creation of the product we should be thinking about its circularity and how it how its life cycle can be extended um and i think as a consumer as a shopper trying to do that a little bit when you're buying clothes and buying anything is a really good way to encourage your own circular economy within your household even if it's not something that's encouraged by the brand that you've bought from or the wider world it's it's so I'm going to buy this and then for example I'm going to buy this t-shirt and I'm going to wear it until it gets a hole in under the armpit and then I'm going to repair it but then at some point it's just going to get too worn for me to use so I know that I will then cut it up and use it for dusters or for face cloths and it's it's been as as intentional but intentional um as possible about how you're going to continuously extend the life of something whether that's putting it back into the economy at a different point or whether it's you reusing it yourself to prevent things from from going in the bin and going to landfill that's brilliant yeah I think I have definitely gone on a bit of a journey with this myself I know that I used to buy things and not really think about how they fit into the rest of my wardrobe and also not really whether they suited me or like whether they like not that they didn't fit but I I feel like I know now what I feel much more comfortable in clothes wise what shapes are good for me and my body shape and and I'm much more discerning now if I look at a piece of clothing and I like it there's one dress that I tried on yesterday that I absolutely loved I loved the color I loved the shape but it was just a little bit too short and I just thought I I'd love this but I can see it not being worn by me. I don't have an idea of how I would go on to use it. And of course, it'd probably just end up back at a charity shop. But just having that moment before you buy something and while you're making your purchasing decisions to think, how what what is the lifespan of this? You know, not just, oh, I want to wear this or I want to buy this because I want to feel good about myself right now, but actually where does this fit within my wardrobe? And that does mean you have to slow down a little bit. You have to really think about your purchasing decisions and you have to try and get yourself out of that impulse buying phase. But that is what is important in slow fashion, isn't it? It's not about just buying all of the things that you see as you see them. It really is bringing in a little bit more thoughtfulness to the clothes that you buy yeah and I think like it's quite funny because mindfulness is a massive trend right now in terms of slowing down our bodies and a lot of us have been through the pandemic where we've slowed down our work life and realized what we want from a slow life or we've sort of connected with slowness a little bit more and I don't think that that's that I don't think that that's translated over to buying habits in a lot of places and I think that that is really the first step is just considering you know put it in your basket for a night and if you still can't get it out of your head buy it but if you forget that it's there then it was an impulse buy and you probably like you said it wouldn't have got used or it would have sat in the back of your wardrobe or it would have ended up back at a charity shop and I think 
I think that it can do a lot of good for that small little breath of of actually do I want this do I need this am I going to wear it um yeah I think I think it is really important that we slow down and consider consider what we're buying even if it is from a charity shop even if it is secondhand I think that unfortunately like you said you get into this machine of impulse buying and you're constantly being marketed at and told you want more things and you need to buy more things and and I think that it's a really hard fight to have but if you can have it I think that it's really beneficial not just planet wise but I think personally because you feel a lot more connected to the things that you have in your life and you realize that you don't need everything and you know like you said you figure out a style for yourself and you figure out what makes you happy and feel good and comfortable and and that only comes when you slow down and and think about it yeah I actually had a bit of a shopping addiction at like the point when I was really I was my most unhappy um I would I would absolutely using it use it as a coping mechanism I worked in central London in Covent Garden I would go out on my lunch break I would go and spend like 200 300 pounds on clothes just because I was so stressed and I like I realized at one point oh I don't know if this is healthy or good because it was it was like every couple of weeks that I would do something like that and it was only by like stepping back and reflecting that I realized actually yeah this is probably not so much about the clothes (laughs) maybe more about me and like what is this behavior and one of the books that I've actually spoken about on the podcast the happiness trap talks about this idea of surfing the urge which is uh, a technique used within CBT which helps you do this like whether it's an addiction or just yeah some kind of impulsive behavior to commit to yourself that you are not going to do the thing for 10 minutes just 10 minutes so you see the item in front of you you want to buy it and if you can just ride through the like the emotions and the feelings that come up in that first 10 minutes you're probably going to get through to the point where you're like oh no actually I don't need this and it's something that I definitely practice and it really helps you slow down and it doesn't mean you don't go and buy the things that you want to buy you know I I usually end up still buying from a small business if it's something that I want and I have a need for and I feel aligned with that business but it, it really has stopped me splurging in companies in you know high street shops where their values are a bit dubious and you're not quite sure where these clothes are coming from um so for anyone who thinks that sounds interesting go and have a read up on surfing the urge it's literally changed my life (laughs) um but yeah it is it is a real thing and like I think shopping habits is as you say we're marketed to all the time we're constantly being told we need more and we respond to that by shopping and that's that's okay but just take a step back and look at your behavior and make sure that you're happy with the behavior that you're exhibiting yeah I think I think it's important like you said to not play the blame game like it it's totally understandable in the culture in the environment that we live in today that you feel the need to buy things like you're constantly told every time you go on your phone here's this new thing here's this new technology you know buy now buy here it's not it's not blaming or putting guilt on habits that are quick and impulsive because it's to be expected and unfortunately it's what a lot of brands succeed on but it if you can and you really want to do better for the planet and the people that are on it it is one really cheap and really 
relatively easy and accessible way to be a little bit more sustainable and ethical in the way that you shop and the way that you buy clothes yeah totally great so uh reformation is a brand that is talked about in this book and it pricked my ears up because it's a brand that I've heard of just kind of in passing but I was aware of them uh so the founder talks about making ethical fast fashion a viable option in the marketplace which sounds like an oxymoron and I found this this particular section really interesting I'd love to know what your thoughts are on this um if you don't mind if you don't mind sharing like (laughs) no of course I don't specific brand my initial reaction is there's no way I don't think that I don't think that it can happen and the reason that I say that is the fast in fast fashion you can't I don't think that you can I'm trying to be diplomatic here can you tell I don't (laughs) think that you can sew that many pieces and weave that much fabric and sell that many garments in that short space of time and not have a big impact on the people and the planet that are part of that supply chain i just i don't think that i don't i just i don't think that it can be a sustainable and long-term solution for fast fashion and there have been um the founder actually stepped down in 2020 over allegations of um racism within the culture of the brand and things like that and although I'm not saying that those things are true I think it gives you a bit of an insight into the sort of marketable idea of having ethical fast fashion and the actual internal workings of an ethical fast fashion brand um I think However, on the other side, as I'm being diplomatic, um, I think they can be a bridge between fast fashion and sustainable fashion. I think that I think that they can be the starting point as long as they're not the end point. I think that moving fast fashion that way is better than nothing. And if you are looking to start a fast, fa- a, a sustainable fashion journey, and you are um, really into the trends and the quick pace and the quick delivery speeds and all that kind of thing that comes with fast fashion, I I think that it is a really good place to start. Um, but I don't believe that fast fashion and ethical slash sustainable can be in the same sentence unless they're on the opposite ends of the spectrum and and maybe that's me being a bit um cynical but that's just what I think yeah no I think I think that's very fair I think that's a very balanced argument as you say trying to be diplomatic and it does it does help you to try and see things from both perspectives um but I I think I I have to tend to agree on that um it it was very it was very interesting the arguments being made for it um but yeah Yeah, I think um obviously I think in the book she does interview the founder doesn't she and it's Mm. it's really interesting and I really enjoyed reading that bit of the book but I also thought that some of it she hadn't delved deep enough into what ethical and sustainable meant and what it could be for her business and I think that she saw an idea and went for it which I really appreciate and like um you know if you have dreams go for them but I think that she the answers that she gave and the the speeches that she gave and uh, and the comments she made in the book were very top level and I think Mm. that I think that it has to go a lot deeper than that in terms of slowing down and slowing down consumption and production. And I think that maybe a little bit of naivety that that having ethical practices and sustainable materials was enough. And I, I'm not sure that it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
So interesting. So Dana Thomas also goes deep on new technologies for fashion, which includes lab-grown leather, 3D printing fashion, and robot sewing machines. Where do you sit on the technology developments within the fashion industry? Um, This was a really, really interesting part of the book for me as someone who's like worked in the fashion industry and is trying to build a brand, a a fashion brand. on the whole I think that there's a like a, quite a lack of transparency about what technology is out there and what development is out there so it's really interesting to see that insight and I do think that there is a massive place for technology in making fashion more sustainable and ethical Um, I really loved the idea one um company was training up their old seamstresses to work the new machinery and things so they were upskilling their workers which was and like I think is a great thing to do if you are bringing in new technologies and I think that they will be very important for moving the fashion industry towards a more sustainable future but I do think that there's a long way to go for these technologies to be mainstream um unfortunately at the minute and it, it'll be interesting to see whether rising costs and things like that affect this because ultimately new technologies will be more efficient at the minute it's so cheap and easy to produce clothes with exploitation of people or planet that it's hard to see big fashion brands investing in new technologies and upskilling their workforce because they don't need to so I think I I really do believe that there's a space for it and that that it will help but I think at the minute it's difficult to see how quickly it will go into um big businesses and and fashion industry uh, fashion giants that are the sort of the main supply of fashion in the world at the minute yeah Absolutely. It's so interesting. I think there's some really great work being done. But I agree. It's like, how do we how do we employ some of these things at scale to take away some of the negatives that that are being kind of practiced in in, within the fashion industry? Um, But that, I think, was something I didn't expect from the book. I was just really interested to read all about that. It was really great. Yeah. So I think it was sorry it's all right um I think one of the one of the things with the technology is that it was the cutting edge and I think that I agree the book did really well at at sort of enlightening you to what what that was what was happening but I think that there are some things that don't need lots of new technology that could be brought in earlier which the book didn't go into as much which I would love to I would love her to have explored more mm-hmm. um you know so cutting out high chemical dyes and things like that wouldn't wouldn't massively affect the supply chain yeah in terms of you know cutting out um going for more water-based dyes and things like that um and cutting out petrol based would be a really small change that could have a big impact and I think that maybe that's where her next book needs to go with some in-between solutions yeah yeah definitely I agree so another aspect that was discussed was the idea of this of, of a rental economy being an opportunity for people to be bolder in their style which I loved it's not just about renting clothes to stop just buying every time you have a new event but it's actually how can you use this as an opportunity to express yourself in a different way and be bolder in your fashion choices so what tips would you give to someone who felt like they wanted to maybe express themselves more boldly with their fashion whilst being sustainable yeah I love that concept as well and I think that that is one of the the downsides of of going slow is that you're not always able to just um get something new and try it and things like that 
and I think that that renting and sustain and um secondhand shopping sorry in general are really good opportunities to do that because you're not always going to find exactly what you want in a charity shop or on ebay and it gives you an opportunity to try to try something a little bit different um i think one big thing for me is shopping your own wardrobe so if you're feeling a bit out of sorts or you're just not really sure what you want and what you need have a go at putting something different together that you wouldn't normally put together and try it on and if it's if it's awful it doesn't matter you know you can take it off again but having a little play and a dress up with different combinations in your wardrobe and different prints in your wardrobe um I think that's a really fun way to find new ways to express yourself without buying lots of new clothing I think as well another thing is figuring out what you love and looking for sustainable options and that doesn't have to be an exact dress but if you know that you love to wear lilac have a seek out of that when you're in charity shops or secondhand shopping because it allows you to step out of side of your comfort zone in other ways with a style for example or a cut that you wouldn't usually wear but you know that lilac is a comfort zone for you so you've got that little bit of comfort of I know that I'm going to really like this colour on me but let's try this blouse that I found in a cherry shop that I wouldn't have picked off the rail in a in a store Um, I think and I think that it's really important and renting is a really good opportunity is to try something different is to push yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit and because I think that that's one of the joys of fashion is that you get to carve your own style and you get to carve your own identity with what you wear and and renting as you say is a massive opportunity to do that because you can get it try it on and if you don't like it you don't even have to wear it out and if you do love it you get to wear it out and experience that outfit and know that that little bit of you is being extended into that new piece of clothing and next time you are on the lookout for something new you've got another like you've not got another thing in your arsenal to go out and look for something if that makes sense Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So for anyone who's wanting to try rental, I've used Rotaro, um, which is great. They've got some really brilliant, really high quality, you know, small business designers and some bigger business, like bigger fashion labels. Um, So that's Rotaro. Are there any others that you know of, Eleanor? that are worth um, mentioning not off the top of my head but I can send you a couple if you want yeah. to put them in the notes or anything great. um but I've used Rotaro as well I used that what a dress from there for a wedding and that was a really 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 lovely experience so I definitely recommend them too yeah let me tell you about the wild book subscriptions and membership I know it can be tough to sit down with a book and relax with your busy life and everyday stresses. So Wild Books is here to help. By making yourself accountable with a monthly delivery of your next book to read and taking away the overwhelm of deciding what to read next, you can join the Wild Books online community of like-minded, kind-hearted souls. Each month, I select two books and create two candles inspired by the location of the book, designed to transport you into the world as you read. Read along with other subscribers to keep you motivated and light your candle to signal to yourself and others that you're taking time to recharge and enjoy your book. You can choose between book and candle, candle only and digital subscriptions and switch between these three options to suit your needs and you can pause, skip and cancel at any time. Head to wildbooks.co slash subscriptions to explore and pop me a DM on Instagram if you have any questions at wildbooks.co. Great. So uh, finally, if people are feeling just overwhelmed by the lack of sustainability in fashion, where can they start? Do you have any tips for becoming more sustainable? I know you've given loads throughout this episode, but is there anything else that you would add when it comes to our own fashion and shopping habits? I think the first thing to say is 
I'm a huge impact for imperfect sustainability. I think that any small change we can make, as we said earlier in the the recording, can make a difference. And I think that it can be overwhelming, but know that whatever step you take is a small change and is enough at that point. And those small changes stack up. Um, I really think that I really think that if we were all a little bit more sustainable and not not totally sustainable, we would still have a, an infinitely better world and an infin- infinitely cooler planet. Um, and as we said before, like my biggest tip for being more sustainable is to just slow down and just either put the brakes on and give yourself... I tried this um, when we first moved into our new house, uh, into our old house, sorry. I tried this was give yourself a week where you try not to buy anything. And it doesn't, like, it. you don't have to, you don't have to adhere to it. It's not about making yourself uncomfortable or going without. It's just, it giving yourself that challenge allows you to be more conscious of when you are shopping and whether you do need it or or not um so I think that you know little challenges like that and being playful with it and you know allowing yourself to to go through the process because I think it is a process I think that we don't just flick a switch one day and we're really slow and intentional with how we shop I think that it it is a journey and even I'm still on that journey and I I run a slow fashion brand I think that you know having fun with it is really important and like have a go at a secondhand shop like I know that charity shops can be scary but just just have a go I think it's all about like having fun and Vinted and eBay give you really good options for doing something like that without rooting around a charity shop so if you know you're looking for a black dress for an event type black dress into ebay and vintage first and see what comes up i think that knowing what you're shopping for is a really good place to start with secondhand shopping um yeah and invest in small independent fashion brands like me absolutely and we will absolutely share all of your links and your website and everything in um in the show notes so people can go and shop with you I also just wanted to mention that when this episode comes out, we'll be in September and Oxfam every year do um, a big campaign called Secondhand September, where they challenge you to only buy secondhand throughout that month. So I would love for people to consider doing that as well. Um, I'm definitely going to do it this year because it's a bit of a challenge and it's fun and a lot of my favourite clothes are secondhand. so yes that's another thing to get involved in so we've got some quick fire questions to wrap up um are you ready Eleanor yes I'm not very quick but yes we'll go for it I'll try and be speedy (laughs) okay so first question what is your favorite book of all time um Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen um my comfort book which has been to every country in the world that I've ever been to oh gorgeous if you were to be a character from any book who would you be I really struggled with this one and I think that I've picked a really cliche one but like Hermione from the Harry Potter series is always the like the first character that I really felt like I saw myself in like the way that she came out of her shell but never wasn't a nerd because I was always a nerd and I always was bullied at school and having that place where you could be that and also be a really badass character like lit a fire in me so I I think that that's probably who I would be love it uh so if you were to write a book right now what would it be um I think I'd love to write like an upcycling repurposing book, like a mixture of like how to do's and sustainable information and a little bit of a facts and interactive book. That's how I picture it. Love it. 
If you were to sum up your reading taste in three authors, who would they be? This is such a hard question. <laughs> um, Jane Austen, because um, Pride and Prejudice, but also I just love, I really love a classic. Um, Stephen King and Stieg Larsson. Amazing. Great choices. What is your favourite way to read? Audiobook, paper book or ebook? Paper, all the way. All the way. All the way. <laughs> so one of the things that listeners struggle with the most is how to get back into reading when they've been in a reading slump. What is your top tip for getting out of a slump? Ooh, I think reading something you love um, going for an old book that you know you love or a genre that you always love um, is a really good place to start and I think making a habit of it even when it's uncomfortable sometimes setting yourself like five minutes a day to read or even like a page a day like it's a little bit of a challenge but once you get into the book you forget about the challenge and I think sometimes you've just got to push yourself through the uncomfortable a little bit and and once you get into the rhythm it becomes easy and enjoyable again yeah I love that and finally, what are you reading right now and how are you finding it? I have literally just finished Rebecca by Daphne Dubois and I loved it oh, a lot. Amazing. Great. Fabulous. Oh, well, thank you so much, Eleanor. This has been wonderful. Um, so just tell everyone where they can find you. I'll link it in the show notes, but just so that they can hear it. So I am at Wear Wild Strings on all social media and then my website is wherewildstrings.co.uk and you can go and have a look there and sign up to the newsletter if you'd like. Amazing. Oh, thank you so much. This has been great and I hope that um, our listeners are feeling inspired and also ready to go and look at your shop and browse your beautiful designs. Um, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Wild Books podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help more people to find the show by subscribing on your favourite podcast platform. And I'd be so grateful if you would leave a review and be sure to tell your friends. Make sure you're following Wild Books on Instagram and TikTok at Wild Books Co and sign up to join the mailing list at wildbooks.co to receive more exclusive Wild Books content. Keep reading and stay open. See you next week. If you're loving this podcast, then you'll want to sign up for the Wild Books mailing list. Each week, you'll receive an email, Notes from the Wild, which contains three segments inspired by the world of books. You'll receive a book quote, a profile on a female author, and a thought segment around something that I've been reading or listening to that week. This is the email you'll want in your inbox. A weekly dose of inspiration, ideas to think on, uplifting words, and education around amazing women in the literary world. Head to wildbooks.co to subscribe today.